Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, yo, welcome back to another edition of the PHNX Rising podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is Ramon Chavez, and of course, as always, we have my partner, Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? Wales Golf Madrid. I'm just going to leave it at that. Wales Golf Madrid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad Wales got the result. You know, they move on to the, to the next round, and hopefully they're able to get to the World Cup. And of course, we got the return of El Jefe. Edwin Perez, how you doing, sir? Yeah, sorry, missed the Tuesday show, but I'm back. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm back with the boys. Uh, we're ready for El Mexico game in, in a few right. hours. That's you know, right. we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. But shout out to Owen's boys to getting the result. Also, shout out to North Macedonia. Big <laughs> result over there. Yeah. Big upset. I mean, as a footy fan, you just gotta applaud what they did. Yeah. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw his tweets. I was like, man, I should say something. Nah, nah I'm just going to like the tweet. <laughs> no, but yeah, great, great set of games to, uh, today um, in the in the afternoon-ish here in, in Arizona. But we got some more games coming up uh, t- uh, today in the uh, at the night, afternoon-ish time. Um, and also, we got a great game coming up this weekend on Saturday with San Diego Loyal visiting Phoenix and facing off against our very own rising so uh before we get started uh about the before we get uh started about talking about that game can't talk today i do want to remind everybody that uh you can subscribe to our show on uh, youtube uh like share and subscribe if you're currently watching us t- uh right now uh christo uh michael thank you so much for tuning in if you guys haven't yet make sure to like share and subscribe it helps us grow and also if you're on twitter you can always follow owen uh edwin and myself as well as the phnx underscore underscore rising Twitter page. It's then uh, double the underscores, double the fun. And we're almost to 500. So if you guys can get us there, we'll make sure to do something special. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started with today's show. Today, we're going to be talking, of course, about the game on Saturday, uh, some uh, World Cup qualifying predictions, and as well as uh, some really fun stuff towards the end. But uh, let's go ahead and start talking about San Diego Loyal. Yesterday, they were they actually got to play us against Tulsa. And Owen, um, I know uh, we were able to get a clip from Landon Donovan. Uh, so let's go ahead and play that there. I think we deserve more, but we, we probably didn't create enough really good chances to deserve a goal. So giving up the goal hurt. I think in the end, a tie probably would have been a fair result, but we don't have time to sulk. We got three days to get ready for Phoenix, so we got to move on. I'm not sure I've ever heard Landon actually accept a loss. Like, just to be clear, because we didn't say, right, they lost the uh, 1-0 to, to FC Tulsa on the road. So it's going to be a hard week for them, right? They've played in Oklahoma now, uh, and they've got a couple of days to get themselves here, play here on Saturday. But, yeah, 1-0 loss for them. And wasn't the most exciting game of football, was it? 
Yeah, I turned it on and I was like, you know what? Uh, I should probably watch the El Paso one. But of course, San Diego's coming to town. And of course, I picked the one with barely any goals or any action. So that was that was tough to watch. But yeah, um, that game against uh, Tulsa, I think Tulsa did well. They were kind of, you know, just hanging in the back. They, they were just happy letting San Diego control the possession. Um, San Diego was coming in with two wins in a row. I didn't think they were the most convincing win because I know Rick kind of said that they were one of the better teams that he thought in the league. You know we're we're doing okay, but I didn't think so. Tulsa proved it, and I and honestly, I wanted San Diego to win so that way they could come into Phoenix and then Phoenix be able to shut them out. So, what did you guys think of that game overall? Yeah, well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up on what you said there, and I think you're right. Right, there was a part of me that look a professional team. You always want to win, of course, you want to win every game, but. I, I just feel like having lost now in midweek, they're going to come in with a, a different kind of sense of urgency around trying to come away with the three points from here. Whereas perhaps, you know, if not, they'd have looked at it more as a, oh, if you come to Phoenix, only get one point. It's still a result for them. I'm not sure they're going to quite look at it in the same way now, uh, because if, if they lose here, then that means for the first four games, they've only picked up half of the points on the table. Yeah. Uh, yeah sorry. Sorry to cut you off from one, but I kind of to follow up that point. I think that, that is an issue about the urgency, but I feel like the rising are even more, you know, itching to get back on the field. I mean, the last time that they are on the field, they had to deal with, you know, terrible conditions. They had to deal with the terrible performance. You telling me that they don't want to come back to rising their own home and get a big performance against a team that they have a lot of history with, you know? So I think that, that, that's why I'm not too worried about that aspect of the game because I feel like Rising maybe have even more urgency and pressure on them in this game too. Also, I mean, you've got to got to say, you know, you're talking about coming back on their own pitch. They're coming back on a pitch, uh, like what they had to play on last weekend. So that's a positive at least. Yeah, definitely. And and I like. Now thinking about it, it's like, is it going to be a better game now? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, let's talk some numbers about that loss to Tulsa for San Diego. They played a 4-2-3-1 formation, 63% of the possession overall. Uh, eight shots overall, three on target. Uh, they did have 30 crosses, but were only able to connect on seven. Stagnant, boring game. I just... Uh, some people were saying, well, it's cold. And it was 40 degrees. You saw uh, Crystal here says not enough scarves. <laughs> and you saw Landon Donovan there wearing a scarf. So do you think that was that is that an excuse for a professional team saying it was too cold for them to be playing like that? No, no, because it wasn't like, look, there is cold that is genuinely too cold, right? As we saw with the U.S. qualifiers back in January. That was genuinely too cold. Those games probably shouldn't have gone ahead in those conditions. But you're talking about Tulsa in March, okay? Yeah. It's chilly, yes. It's not easy, but re really? Uh, yeah, we can't get into using that as excuses. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's easy. It, you know, Ramon, I know you, lo you love to mention it when we're up there in the press box, a little chilly, a little nippy. It's fair for us to say it, but Come yeah. on, you're a, pro you're a professional footballer, you know, and you're not you're not having to deal with you know the the weather that as as Owen mentioned the just impossible game the zero degrees game. So you got to be able to perform. I think it's just it's just an excuse, you know. It's just another bailout because as Owen says, it, it seems like um, Landon and some of the team they 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 just don't like to accept a loss. You know, they point they pinpoint it on anything to, you know, get, you know, make themselves look good and say, don't worry, next time we'll get it. 
and then the next loss and then it's the next. So like at one point you just got to stop excuses and say, listen, we got to get better. And we, and this is on us. And so I, I am not taking the excuse of it being too cold. But you know what? I am going to hop back in there because you mentioned some stats from the game. And I think there's one of them in there that we really ought to pinpoint because it's something that is indicative of how rising can get a result against San Diego. That was the sheer number of crosses that San Diego were taking. When I was speaking to, to Joe Farrell earlier this week, he said that to him, between those two away games in San Diego last year, the difference was how they dealt with things in the middle of the park. He thought that, you know, in terms of how they, they struggled in that first game, is that San Diego was finding those spaces between Rising's midfield and the back line. And they were using those spaces in the middle of the park and threatening in that way. If they can force San Diego to go out wide, San Diego are not as dangerous in those wide positions. They aren't a team that are going to come out, you know, whip 30 crosses in and, and do phenomenally. They whip the 30 crosses in and don't do very well of them at all. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't it less than a quarter of them that connected? And even of the ones that did, they weren't exactly getting great chances. Yeah. So that really is one of the keys. And it's something that Tulsa did quite well. They were forcing them out wide. And then they're having to cross the ball in. That's just not something that they do very well. No, definitely. You could tell during the game, uh, San Diego was frustrated. They weren't able to play their own game. And most of the time, they were just happy to ping it around the back because Tulsa has done such a great job in prevent preventing those line breaks with the passes from the back. So definitely a key to the game right there. And so let's move on to the to the uh, questions here for, for Saturday. So uh, two wins, one loss in their first three games for San Diego. Uh, Owen, Edwin, are they, uh, I know it's super early in the season. I know we're, we're, uh, I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but are they a contender? Rick kind of mentioned them a little bit in regarding, in, in regards to that, or are they more middle of the pack or are they just kind of lower tier in the Western conference? What do you guys think? They're in a post orange County winning the cup USL. Everyone who is a legitimate playoff team is a contender. Um, I think that's something that we have to acknowledge, you know, and it's just kind of the nature of these one and done playoff games, right? You you hit form at the right time uh, and you prove that you can play against big teams and, and grind out results, even if it has to be from the spot, then, you know, you, you can go far in this league. I think they're a serious contender for a, uh, a playoff spot, plausibly even to host a, a first round match. Um, the, the main thing there is that they brought back a good core of players, which always helps. Yes, there have been some turnover. You know, Corey Herzog isn't there anymore, uh, but they replaced him with, with Kyle Vassell. They've got some good players in that squad. So on any given day, they can definitely pose a threat, even if I don't think they're a, a top three team, say, in the West. Yeah, I mean, on, on paper, they're a decent squad. And it's a it's a it's a team you cannot throw away and take the game for granted because that's when I think the loyal can get you at your best. If the rising are looking forward, like at other games, which I know they're not, but in the case that they are, this is the type of game that you can lose points easily because they're a threat and they have the team to beat you. Um, but they're not necessarily not they're not necessarily one of the top dogs that the rising. You know, we'll, we will take a take a draw here and there. You know. It's the ugliest result. It's because it's a great team. They're not in that pack. And so that's where my, my mindset is with this loyal team. Just to remind people, in 2021, they started out losing their first four matches. They were able to get all the way up to third place, but then they lost in the first round to San Antonio. So uh, from what we see, they're able to grind it out during the postseason. But like Owen says, you know, thanks to the playoff system, you never know. You never know who's going to make it. 
especially uh, when it comes to playoff time. So um, let's talk about some of the people that are out. Uh, they do have Nico Boxo, who's out. He's out on international duty with New Zealand, playing over there in the Oceania World Cup qualifying. Is that a big loss, Owen? Do you think is, is that really going to matter for their back line? Well, they've still got players back there who can do a job, you know, and you look at Matt Carf, you look at Elijah Martin. There, there are guys back there who can do a job. Um, look, if if you weren't going to be worried about the absence of a player for, a, I mean, he's, he's off on international duty. Let's be straight. He's off on international duty with a team that are probably going to secure themselves, barring some weird disaster, a spot in an intercontinental playoff, right? Because <laughs> New Zealand don't, well... You'd have thought they're not going to miss the getting themselves to a World Cup playoff, are they? Surely. I mean, who else is going? Look, he, yeah, he's a good player. Um, but the thing is, again, right? They've returned a good core of players. Um, they they've got other bodies back there on the back line, so maybe it's more a, a depth thing. Because I mean, even Hackworth came off the bench last night. You know, they've got some good players in there. It's it's just a depth thing, probably, and maybe that does actually hurt them this week when you think about it with a. The game in midweek. Um, yeah. And uh, you can't forget about their goalkeeper, Coca Vegas. He actually played really well uh, week two. He was like, actually able to get on team of the week for USL. Um, so definitely a, a solid core back then. Let's talk about the offensive side. Anybody that Rising fans should kind of keep an eye out just on, on Saturday to see if they can maybe hurt Rising in any way? Well, I think one guy who is going to be very familiar to uh, at least one Rising player and that's Evan Conway, the new signing from Omaha. Just seeing him in action uh, for San Diego on, on Wednesday, he, he definitely had that, you know, the first touch and the pace that he could cause problems. Um, you look at him and think that he could uh, pose a bit of a handful. He's got 13 goals for Omaha last year, yet to get on the score sheet here. But, you know, there's that. And then you've got Carvassel at top. Uh, he's he, he hasn't gotten on the score sheet yet. He's... Uh, cousin, I believe, Isaac Vassal plays for Cardiff. Um, look, he, he's a guy who's spent a lot of time in England's lower leagues and hasn't scored a huge amount of goals. Um, a bit of a lower league journeyman, really. Um, but he, he's got something about him. You've got guys like Alejandro Guido, you know, who really compose that threat from the central midfield positions. And that's especially, I think, where we're getting to with that, that whole, you know, guys slipping in between the... Um, the midfield and the defensive line and, and how they can slot in there. It, it was interesting as well to see, of course, um, Andrew Carlton made his first appearance in the professional game for, for quite some time uh, against Tulsa. Not the most storming of performances, but, you know, it was a uh, not too bad either. You know, he won quite a few duels. Um, his passing accuracy wasn't as good as it could have been. Look, there are quite a few good guys on here. Jack Blake at the moment, we haven't seen him this season. He was on the bench mm. unused, but... We haven't actually seen him play. So there are lots of options that are available there. Um, lots of people who could cause problems if you, you know, if, if you come up against them on a good day. Um, but we'll have to see how they look. Definitely. And uh, anyone that stood out for you, Edwin? Uh, for me, I kind of don't want to repeat the same thing Owen said, but I think Blake is someone that I expected to see more and someone that I think could, could be a threat. But uh, I, I truly think that at the end of the day, this, this rising kind of back line that has a lot of questions is going to be able to contain this loyal attack. I don't think they're going to be surprised and have a Danny, you know, trail kind of moment that they had last week where 
anytime Trejo had the ball, they were beating them one-on-one, you know, anywhere. And the positioning was bad. So I, I don't see that threat happening at least this week. But again, there's, there's, there's players to keep your eye on, as Oda mentioned. And dare I say, I can't believe I forgot him um, running through the list of people. To me, Mushabani, um, you know, they, it's San Diego's own Mr. Clutch. Uh, you know, they always refer to what is it? To me time uh, at the end of the game. He seems to pick up goals when when he really needs to. And I think that he's just someone you've really got to pay attention to. Switching gears and speaking about rising. Um, based on what we were told on Tuesday, Owen, just to confirm one more time, there's everybody's fit for Saturday, right? Except Niall Dunn. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the expectation as of Tuesday was that everybody was going to be available for selection this Saturday, which means that we've got a lot more options on that back line. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they do line up. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that uh, where that happens. Um, let's talk about the big question. James Musa, is he going to start? Do you think you know they'll give Madrid another shot or do you think Madrid's uh, back to the bench? You know what? This is the interesting one now. Does he start Manuel Madrid? Because everyone's going to be saying, is it Manuel Madrid or James Musa? But let's not forget that Joe Farrell also in there is a right-footed centre-back. So arguably the real competition would be between, you know, if, if Musa's fit, it's between Madrid and Farrell. Mm. Um, and he's going to have to pick one of those two because they're both the right-footed centre-backs in there. I know that Rick was very complimentary about the the kind of things that... that um, Madrid, sorry, uh, that Manu can do passing out of the back and the kind of contribution that he brings in that way, uh, which is, you, you never know how to read these things sometimes. Sometimes it's just a coach being very complimentary about their players. Sometimes they're actually hinting at other things. Um, and it depends, I guess, how exactly Rick wants to come out against San Diego. Christo, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but you're looking at my notes because I had a question about the back flick, uh, back with the celebration for for Lambert. So uh, I'm gonna need you to take out of my notes. But uh, moving on to, uh, I think another question which uh, had a lot of people kind of ask themselves what happened during that Vegas game. Repetto or Hurst? Uh, we did see, you know, Ooh. Hurst a little bit hurt, you know, before the Las Vegas game. Any intel on that, Owen? Um, and Edwin, I want to know who you would start after Owen. I feel like you know who I would go with in this case. Um, I feel like, look, is it harsh maybe to judge Repetto simply for his performance on that pitch? Y- yes, maybe. Um, do I think that Hurst had a far better performance in the game that he played in? Absolutely. Uh, do I think that, if, especially if Hurst is back to full fitness now, they should go with him? Yeah. Um, look... One of the things I'd also like to, to kind of point out on that, I was looking back at Vegas and it something that was kind of been n- nagging at my mind for this this week now, thinking about it, is how how poor the crossing was for rising in that in that game up in Vegas. And when you bring someone in that you're billing as your big target number nine, which is what Claudio has been billed as to us, and you're playing a game where you know the pitch is poor, you're having to play it in the air and you're crossing a load of balls into the box, shouldn't he be on the end of those? Isn't that what you get a target number nine in for? I think, I mean, I know he can contribute other things as well with the aerial game, but, but like, you know, if you get a big guy in there, you're looking for his head in the box, surely. Yeah. I think the only time that I can remember him actually doing well, maybe two times. There was one when he he played against Kansas City, kind of flicked the ball over to to King and, and their first goal, I believe. 
But then it was against Louisville when they had that cross and he got his head on it and he was able to score, but it was called off sides. Those are the only two times that I can remember vividly seeing Repetto create like either an offensive chance or a goal. And for him being that size, it's kind of questionable, you know? And and I think that that was kind of like one of the things to note when he was coming in, looking at his stats from uh, from his previous teams that he didn't, he wasn't, he, even though he's tall, he's not one of those guys that's going to use his head a lot to, to score. That's a target nine. Like that's surely that's what you're doing with. Well, I know there are again, there are other ways you can play off him, but it's got to be an option that's in the back pocket. Surely. Uh, yeah, you got to think. Uh, I mean, uh, Ramon, you made a great point. And it's why I think and I'm going to agree with Owen that Greg Hurst gets to start because as much as it's harsh to, you know, remove Repetto after a game to judge him off of what was a weird circumstance and, and what happens, Greg Hurst has been the guy up there. I mean, he 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 locked himself in preseason. He looked good in, in his outings. And we all thought that he was going to start the last game, if, and he would have, it seemed like, if there wasn't an injury. So why wouldn't you go back to that, you know? So I think in, in that issue, and I kind of bring back the Farrell thing, because that's interesting, Owen, that you mentioned about that competition in Madrid, because Farrell's not com- uh, coming off of a pretty bad game that he had. I mean, there was, you know, multiple times that uh, – no, Shally, uh, shout out Valley Sports in their production, but they just kept, you know, talking about Farrell and his bad positioning and and what happened and defensively. So that that could that could be an interesting bone to throw in, and and I'm and I'm looking forward to that defense. And I think that's more of a question than the number nine spot for me because I think that Greg Hurst has that on lock right now. Yeah, great comments here in the uh, in the chat. Uh, we have Michael saying, "Team stack the box against Rising. They know we're cutting in and can't cross into the box." Um, Scott here, loyal. We're not uh, threatening Tulsa much with crossing, but they do have the speed up top to challenge rising the way Be- Vegas did. And I think that's going to be a key to the game, right? I think it is. Um, and I think, look, if Evan Conway is, uh, he played 90 minutes in midweek and that's something then that you got to worry a little bit about. And, uh, as, as Michael's dropping in there as well, and by the way, hi, John, uh, John from USL tactics. So some of you who don't recognize in there commenting, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, Look, I think that Evan Conway's a, a very good player in that. Just some of that first touch that he was taking in that game against Tulsa, you know, I was really just almost impressed. I haven't seen him play in, in the championship um, until yet. And look, so, some of the things will take time to adjust. Um, and look, you never know what, what wisdom Greg might have to impart on us. I know that, oh, that's the other thing. Greg is Greg is up for this game. Um when I spoke to him over the uh, over the off season, he was really, really up for this game because he wants to get some get one over on uh, Evan Conway in this game. So, <laughs> but I think yeah, I think Conway is going to be an interesting one in this one, and and possibly could uh, make some of the uh, backline a little bit worried. A really great comment here by John Morrissey. Uh, Repetto sixty ish percentile for aerial wins in Charleston, better as a poacher type but Hurst just has a more complete game. And I completely agree with that. So I, hopefully we're able to see him uh, over there at Wild Horse Pass when it come, and I'm talking about Hurst. That way we're able to see it rising. You know, they got four goals in, in one half uh, against Monterey and Bay. So definitely I know uh, all of us here and, uh, of course, the fans want to see that as well. Uh, we did talk a little bit about one of the keys of the game. Anything else that rising should be able to, to think about or be able to bring on Saturday in order to be successful? Things are about to get harder. Um, and 
okay, yes, Vegas have now had two very good results in a row. Uh, but things are about to get harder because Monterey Bay was an expansion team. Las Vegas Lights are a reserve team playing on a real, like, just terrible, terrible playing surface. Now you're about to face two playoff teams in a row um, in San Diego Loyal. Uh, and those games have been very, very hard fought last season. Um you know, just the what was it? The win to start the season off was the only real convincing result of the two. Uh, it took a couple of late goals to uh, rescue a draw for the second home game, and then away from home, you lose the first, you win the second by getting that early goal, and then just kind of sitting back and letting San Diego do their thing. Um, look, it's it's really going to be a different proposition, I think, to the the last two games. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, for me, this the, this game, what I want to see is the midfield have a more complete game and better game. A midfield that we typically will play well even when others are playing bad and can hold it together truly lost that midfield battle the last game in, in my eyes. I mean, Arturo just got out physical, then it just seemed their positioning was bad, led to bad defense and all, and all sorts. I, I want to see a more, you know, structural, you know, creating – you know, what we saw in the home opener from that midfield, you know, uh, I think the importance is going to see a lot of teams saw that Arturo got, you know, physically matched, you know, they, they saw that's a way to beat him. I want to see how Arturo responds to that, that aspect of the game. And then for me, I, I want to see the Santi Moore breakout. You know, I, I really, I, I think everyone has been waiting to see him get in that score line, you know, because he can get streaky. We know that he could easily score a goal in, in seven games in a row. I think, especially as Owen's saying, it's getting hard. We need that Santi Moore uh, to you know, pop up and show up and, and and make his mark in this game. And I think, you know, I said this in, on, on Tuesday as well. Arturo, did he have a good game in Vegas? Yeah, if you look at his numbers, he, he didn't have a bad game at all. But the difference between having a, a good game despite a team performance and just picking that team up on your back and, and carrying them over the line to a result. And that's something that we, we saw Santi do uh, a couple of times last season. And you're right, Santi needs to step up as well because it's been a struggle for him. Um, and part of that, how much of it comes down to the chemistry between him and Babu? Uh, it's something that's still even being discussed on the training ground. And they're, they're working on it. You know, those two guys get paired up every day in training. But... But how long is it going to take for that to properly click and and for the two of them to be really comfortable with each other? Yeah, and I agree with Edwin. Uh, and I mentioned that before the Vegas game, I'm looking for Santi to step up. We we need Santi to step up. But I think maybe on the other side of the field, we also need Marcus Epps to be able to have a breakout game as well, to be able to ha- kind of take a little bit of that pressure and maybe, you know, guide the defense towards his side and give, you know, a little bit more space for Santi to, to, to do his thing. So I think, you know, that those two guys are the ones that I think need to have a better game um, when it comes to, uh, when, when it comes to Saturday. So hopefully they're able to do that. Um, I, I'm going to repeat the crystal question here is uh, we're going to see a uh, Kevon Lambert black uh, backflip this week. Oh, and unfortunately, I know the one specific question in there was what are the odds for it? Unfortunately, I don't believe you can bet on individual goal scorers. <laughs> it's all right. We'll we'll keep we we'll push for that. Come on, we'll start the campaign now if you want. Everyone, hop on Twitter. Let's let's push it. Okay, we want to get individual goal scorer odds for for USL. Yeah, absolutely. But look, I, <laughs> um, Kev goals are sporadic aren't they? Uh, I don't think you can ever predict when they're coming. They just, I mean, they just show up. 
Rising Red should use that uh, black backflip every time they uh, they did an advertisement. So that I mean, hopefully they can see it again. That was there. It's I was. Just, it's a, it's a great celebration, isn't it? It really is. Oh, fantastic! So, would you put the Lambert one above the Santi one? Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. More Even if only for the fact that it's a more rare celebration, you know, True. we don't see it as often, so you savor it more. Definitely. All right, y'all. So to wrap up this preview for uh, the game on Saturday, what are your predictions score-wise? Oof. <laughs> I'm going to make Edwin go first here. We were pretty right. and so we, we got to step it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, in the light of the Mexico-U.S. game that's happening today, there's a history and a scoreline that is well-versed in, in, in the, in the, in the, in the rivalry. So I'm going to say Dosa Cero, but coming to, to, to rising. I'm going to say rising at the Dosa Cero win. I think it's, it's going to be a shout-out that's needed, and I think we're going to see a Santi call that is very much welcomed by the fans. See, I'm not confident in the clean sheet. I'm not confident <laughs> in the clean sheet. I still think that there are yeah. things to work on, especially if, if Musa isn't fully fit or is... Well, not necessarily that he isn't fully fit, but, you know, he's just getting back to that match speed. Um, I'm going to go with 2-1. I'm going to go with 2-1. I think it's going to be a close game because these games often are close between these two sides. They're actually a really, really well-matched pair of teams um, when, when they line up against each other. So, yeah, let's go with 2-1. Let's go with 2-1. It's a rising. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not predicting a loss yet. Not yet. Uh, Michael going with 4-2 rising. I'm going to go with 1-0 rising, and Santi's going to score that goal. I'm going to say it right now. What minute, then? What minute? Lock it in. A minute, we're going to do 81. 81? Yeah. We're doubling down on it. I like it. We're we're both going for the Santi goal. We can't bet on the individual goal score, but I would bet on it with the run one. (laughs) There you go. go. It's got to come soon. It's got to come soon, surely. I'm sure the, the fans are... As awake. we say, going into the third game of the season, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It feels a bit weird when you think about it, then. It's like, this has only been going on for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I mean, that's, we're spoiled. I mean, he's, he, he had such a good season last season that I think we're just waiting. I, and we just have higher expectations after last season, so we're just waiting yeah. for that goal. It was that last weekend in Vegas. It's just aged all of us about five years, so it feels like this season's been going on forever. You know, you close your eyes to go to sleep and you just hear uh, some kind of stupid music playing and and Cash (laughs) wheeling the llama out, you know, on his motorbike. I think uh, Owen's having flashbacks of uh, his week, his weekend in Vegas. But uh, but yeah, great stuff, guys. Thank you so much for for your your stuff here with the preview. But uh, before we get uh, to talking about the USL game that happened last night, uh, I do want to talk to you guys really quickly about DraftKings. So, of course, you guys know that the college basketball tournament is happening right now and if you guys haven't you guys can join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook you can turn your team's victory into your own big win and new customers can bet just five dollars on any team to win and get two hundred dollars and free bets if they do yep it's that simple if they win you win DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays buy multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout the more legs you add the more you can win DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Uh, So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 and free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
You do have to be 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEPS. Next step, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All you know right. what? If if anyone got a uh, if anyone's got some big winnings coming out of today because they bet on North Macedonia, I think uh, I think I want people to send that in. You know, yeah. let us know if you've won big on North Macedonia because that was that was a big one. That's true. If they parlayed it with you know some of these South America games slash the night game, let us know what legs you have too. I know uh, Ramon. Yeah, I well, that point no i'm not doing that i already got i got my money in macedonia i'm not I'm not going. Uh, you gotta parlay it you gotta get that odds like right now padawai is beating ecuador 1-0 which is a huge upset in the south america so if you had the padawai win with hey north of macedonia you know how much money you're winning ramon it's true that is true that is true no you're you're right definitely <laughs> all right y'all um let's talk about the games that happened last night around the usl uh, of course, we had the crazy game, but we're going to save that for later. Uh, we had Galaxy over uh, Rio Grande. Uh, Tulsa, of course, won uh, over San Diego. Tampa Bay and Louisville got the victory uh, over Atlanta and uh, New York Red Bulls, respectively. Um, any of those surprise you? Any any of those kind of you know, pique your interest a little bit? Honestly, no. Uh, <laughs> I think we know the game that took everyone by surprise. Look, I like Galaxy at home against RGV. Is that really a shock to anyone? I guess, yeah. um, especially on the. Didn't they play that on? Did they play it on the track and field stadium? I'm not. God, sure. I hate. I hate <laughs> the track and field stadium. Uh, I mean, Loose City going away to New York and winning. That's not a surprise. Tampa Bay putting free on Atlanta. That's not a surprise. There's only one surprise in this list, really. Like heavy, heavy surprise. And I think that's the game that was on drugs. So let's go ahead with that, please. But yeah, Las Vegas uh, traveled over to El Paso. Um, and uh, after the win against Rising, I, we really didn't know what to expect, but we certainly weren't expecting the five to four scoreline at the end. And after the first half, I don't think anyone expected nine goals in the second half. So, uh, so what happened with that, Edwin? What, what did you think when you saw that scoreline? Uh, the half the <laughs> the halftime speech must have been immaculate in those <laughs> locker rooms and inspired these players to get them goals because every attacker, every goal scorer just was on a different level as soon as that happened. So, I mean, just a crazy game, just a crazy game. Fifty second minute, what do they do? Do they just gather and go? Oh, it's all right, boys. No defending, just vibes. Like, <laughs> it's, what, what was going on? I mean. I, I know, I know. There was a stat from uh, from Nick Murray, wasn't it, about the first time there's ever been nine goals in a ha- single half of a USL game. Like it's just, it's just crazy. And I mean, not only that, Vegas got five goals on twenty seven percent possession. You just just stop for a minute and just appreciate the beauty of that. And I know, like, yeah. yes, they've got all that pace. Cal Jennings with a brace, Danny Trejo with a brace. We we all enjoy. I mean. We're not really necessarily enjoying looking at this. No, no one, I think, from Rising takes any great joy in seeing Las Vegas winning games. But I, I think the other thing that you've got to add here is that the more uh, that Jennings and Trejo succeed in Vegas, the more you've got to consider that they might well get called up to LAFC and do us all a favor down the line, especially since there's two games left to play against Vegas. Yeah, that result was bonkers. Like like I said uh, uh, to you guys yesterday in our little group chat was, 
I, I don't know what I'm doing watching this San Diego game. I know there were I had to do some research for Saturday, but geez, at, like, at what price, you know? <laughs> and so at what price? As soon as you see it, it's like four one, and all the goals were scored in a spell of about ten minutes. You just immediately want to shut off and put that game off. And then you know what we haven't mentioned? There was a red card. There was a red card in the 88th minute as well for Frank DeRoma because he just went steaming in and just smacks a guy in the face. Like, <laughs> what a game. What a game. And you know what is interesting as well? You see some of the um, El Paso fans are really not taking this well because that's their third loss to start the season. They are leaking goals. And at one point, they actually were booing their goalkeeper, right? With the ball in play, with the ball at his feet. They were booing him. Um, right before that third goal. And there have been, I wouldn't say people saying that it's time for the coach to go. It's three games in, right? You know, they haven't quite been saying that. But there have been question marks over where are the improvements coming from. Um, there have been question marks of how he's trying to get them to play. And, wow, we've, we've we have three games in and we've already got question marks around a, a brand new coach down in El Paso. This is... Yeah, no, I, God, mean, I love USL. I love USL. Um, this this stuff. It's yeah, just, when you say that stat that they only had twenty seven percent, twenty seven percent possession, and they scored five goals. That's insane. That just means the defense <laughs> something. The goalkeeper's just letting him in. So yeah, I, I'd be booing too. So yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. This is a really big surprise because you know Las Vegas hasn't been the greatest team, and and for them to be able to perform like that. Danny Trejo, Cal Jennings, they showed us how it's done. So definitely, you know, uh, I think the USL should watch out for those two. And can we just can we just say that two of those games, we, I mean, the two games in, in USL that we had to watch, uh, unfortunately, keeping me away from the uh, Open Cup games that I desperately wanted to watch instead of Gosh. San Diego against Tulsa. Um, <laughs> both of those games, that one and the crazy game, were both played on baseball fields, just reminding us yet again that as much as we found Vegas atrocious the playing surface god there's always worse like <laughs> one wasn't that bad i don't know the El Paso one wasn't too bad the tulsa yeah. one just seeing all that sand around the like infield dirt area the only thing with the hate, this is a i i will happily admit sorry that i have a strong anti-baseball stadium in usl agenda like i hate them absolutely hate them. We all saw MLS go through that. I think New York still plays in one of those. Uh, so Oh, they do. They yeah. play at Yankee Stadium, yeah. Because they've got that like little tiny... Uh, like The little banner? Yeah, the little tiny banner for their championship that's probably no bigger than the things behind me here. I was watching <laughs> this terrible. Where, uh, the New York, uh, the Yankee Stadium account, the Instagram account, has only posted them twice in like four years. They've had three engagements be posted on their account, but no like New York City FC games or, or results or championships. Like it's just they don't care. They don't care about that. So. No, clearly don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. So just to wrap up the 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 show today, I know we're a little early. I'm sorry, Michael. We should have uh, advertised it a lot more that we we're coming on earlier, but because of the Mexico US game, uh, we did it a little bit earlier. But um, speaking of World Cup qualifiers, of course, Owen with the bucket hat, the sexy bucket hat from I see here on the chat. Uh, how'd you feel about this result? Where was your, you know, heart pounding the entire time? Oh God, it was. Today's game was, I think, one of the most nervous, like just one of the most nervous times I've had before a game. Um, which is only going to get worse because now we're we're even closer, and it's still a one-off game. Like this is going to be a nightmare. But 
yeah, today I think the the goal from Bale was just you know just a great way to start. And that that free kick, I'm sorry, the free kick, just the way he kills that into the top corner. How do you get that ball closer to the top corner? You just don't, do you? Yeah. No. No, the definition the of top ins. Yeah, definition of top ins. <laughs> he gets the second in the second half, then you're thinking, great, okay, 2 0. And then he starts to worry because defensively we look shaky as hell. Um <laughs> give up that goal, and it's just, oh no, here we go. It's it's gonna be backs to the wall. Um and it felt that a bit. Um probably should have had a couple of other chances in there as well, but uh just relief yeah. now, relief. Uh, two months until they play again. What, what is it? June, June, June. Uh, I'm still waiting because obviously everything going on with uh, Ukraine, um, and Ukraine and Scotland in the other leg, in our little kind of bracket to to qualify for the World Cup. But yeah, and the good thing is the game, whoever it is against, is going to be in Cardiff. You know, I actually said I was gonna. I said I thought I said if we uh, if Wales won today, I was gonna come on here and start drinking. But uh, unfortunately, I don't have any drink to hand i've only got i'm sure i can go and acquire some <laughs> <laughs> um and then of course tonight's game uh well let's talk about south america first so uh you were watching would you say paraguay and ecuador i am watching well i'm watching actually brazil and chile but i'm keeping up with the other scores and as you're talking luis diaz got a goal for colombia 1-0 for against bolivia paraguay beating the third place team in ecuador and there's a lot there's a lot to be played other than if you're Brazil and Argentina you're coasting these games and yeah and you're comfortable but i mean colombia is in grave danger of missing the world cup yeah. and so for them they need these points as you you mentioned they need to win all of them and uh for a team like Paraguay to be in the bottom of the table and and maybe taking points away from ecuador would change the table completely today yeah, even though Ecuador's on uh, in the third spot, you know they they might fall if Colombia gets this result. So definitely, definitely, and then that's a, I think that's the great thing about Concacaf. Because I'm sorry, Bon uh, South America, because it's only it's just a table of ten. First four in, the fifth one goes to a qualifier. Uh, so definitely a lot of drama there. Uh, and then when we uh, let's talk about Concacaf. So of course we got the big Mexico USA game. I'm gonna really enjoy this game, and I'm gonna tell you why, because this is the last time that Mexico and the U.S. will play in this kind of atmosphere. The U.S. doesn't really play in Mexico. Most of the games are here in the U.S. Um, World Cup qualifying is going to change, especially after the 2026 World Cup. This is the last one. This is the last one we're going to see at the Azteca with these stakes. And uh, I think the players know. I think the media knows it, the fans, and and the U.S. knows it as well. So uh, it's going to be fun. Hopefully there's a lot of goals. Hopefully there's a lot of atmosphere. Uh, and, and I'm just going to enjoy it because, like I said, next time they probably have these games, I'm probably going to be in my 40s or something. So it's not going to be a fun time. So, uh, but yeah, looking forward to that. But uh, Canada pretty much locked in with the number one seed. Uh, Costa Rica has a chance to make it. So a lot of great stuff. And we'll see. Mexico and U.S. aren't, you know, uh, uh, assured their place. So this this is uh, yeah. going to be crazy in those last few games. Well, I believe that Canada can lock it up today um, mm-hmm. with a result. Um it's interesting, by the way, while we're, while we're doing this live, just saying in the 50th minute at the moment, El Salvador uh, over Jamaica, 1-0 at the moment. Yeah, disappointed in Jamaica. And yeah, yeah well, you know, maybe, maybe, exactly. Maybe if they called up Kev, maybe if they called up Kev Lambert, maybe things would be different. But they continue to fail to call up Kev Lambert. They called up Ramon Howell for these games. Do you remember Ramon Howell? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, 
Doesn't mm-hmm. ring the bell right now. Twenty nineteen, right he came here. He came here and never played and went to Tucson. Um, oh, yeah, they they called they called yeah, Ramon yeah. Howell up, but yeah, not yeah, uh, not Kev Lambert. Which I maybe on the one hand, hey, he's here. He can do his uh, flip on on Saturday if he scores. That's true. That's true. Uh, so yeah, great games tonight. Uh, so yeah, make sure to to watch some of those, and of course, uh, make sure to tune in on Saturday after the game. Rising versus Loyal. We're going to be at the stadium again. I actually miss it. I know it's been a couple of weeks, you know, so I actually miss being over there because we were there for like three or four weeks in a row. So definitely going to going to be looking forward to being out there. So if you guys haven't purchased your ticket, make sure to purchase that. Come uh, come say hi. Uh, we'll be up there chilling in the, uh, we should call it, I know it's the press box, but it looks even more like prestigious just on top of it. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you guys see us, make sure to say hi um, and uh, we'll see you out there. Any last words, uh, Edwin, Owen? Uh, I I got a few words. Yes, sir. You got to hear what the boys are predicting in the Mexico U.S. game. That's what the fans oh, want to know. They want to they want to know what 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 the boys are feeling. And we got to give our prediction predictions okay. too. You know, because you know we're 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 bad at predicting rising, so we got to maybe make a make it up with some international predictions. But let's hear what the boys say first. Let's do it. Come on, <laughs> there's not even a question. It's gonna win Mexico 100. percent USA 4-0. Mexico. Mexico, obviously. Mexico. Mexico. USA. USA. Mexico. 3-1. I'm gonna go with Mexico too. Got it. Mexico. There's a puppy! USA. Mexico. USA. What is it? Three. Three zero? I'll go two one USA. We have to. We have to. US is gonna win. Easy money, easy win. USA. USA. You're German. USA. US is gonna win for sure. Eso papi. So there's there's some surprises in there. There's some shots in there. Back down, Hurst through the roof right now. So. Putting that out there, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Did, wasn't it? Did Claudio say USA? Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe 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 he's. You know, I'll I'll trust his opinion on this when his boys can handle North Macedonia. That was a that was a Wales esque result right there. You know, I Ooh. I think you know what I've got the Wales top on and the boys won today. I think that with you two both wearing your uh, Mexico shirts there. I think it's going to be Mexico today. I'm going to go with 3-1. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Ramon. I, Ramon, you're, you're, you're more of a Mexico expert. We talked a little <laughs> bit about the alignments and all that, so I'm curious what you're thinking. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a tie, 2-2. Oh, interesting. I know the U.S. is going to win, which I kind of leaning towards. But but we, we've still got to we've still got to wait and see though just how the uh, the lineup is from Greg. You know, there was a hint that that Berhalter might put a, a weakened lineup out for this game because they feel that Panama is the game to win. Yeah, I think they're looking. That's why I think that Mexico is going to win. They're looking too much ahead. They're thinking about playing weaker, and the pressure the pressure on Mexico. I think to to get this three points. I think. I mean, there's already shouts of, you know, Fuera Tata. That's, that's whatever game. But if he loses this game, Fuera Tata is going to be all over the timeline tonight. I'll tell you that much. And I don't, I, I don't, I'm not expecting to see that tonight because I think this this team, this attack needs some goals for Mexico. And I think they're going to show up in a, in a big way. Um, defense is going to be questioned too. But I'm going to go 2-1. I think it's going to be tight. 
But I think Mexico is going to get a win that's very needed because U.S. has had their, had their, you know, had them beat these last three times. I feel like if Tata breathes, they're calling for his head. Like he could do literally (laughs) anything, and it's it's time for him to go. Yeah, they Mexican fans want Mexico to beat like Germany and Argentina and Brazil, like no problem. Otherwise, you know, let's get the next guy in. So you see, I agree. I agree with you there. But now they just want a decent attack. (laughs) <laughs> like Tata's uh, is uh, so uncreative now that like they just want a decent product, even if they lose, they just want to look good. They don't call Chicharito. That's that's who they need up top. Gonna, that's also true. <laughs> like at least Tata's yet to accost a journalist in the uh, TSA line yet. You know, so oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> we'll see. He has a temper. No, I'm just kidding. All right, y'all. That wraps it up for us here at PHNX Rising Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will be back, like I said, on Saturday for the post-game show after the San Diego Loyal versus Phoenix Rising game. And we will see you then. And until then, take care.